0: You are in Tamwood. It is 9.34 on Terdas the 19th of Morningstar. In the eyes of the Law of Daggerfall, you are undependable. You are healthy. And welcome to the Good Grief Podcast An eclectic walking tour of the Elder Scrolls to Daggerfall It's about the journey, not the destination And we are your faithful tour guides I am Daisy And I'm Jude when we last left off, we have made it to Tamwood Um, we didn't have to uh, We uh, I think we had stayed a night at an inn Which inn was it? It was uh, the Feather and the Dungeon The Feather and Dungeon which is Those are just two nouns that are in the game Uh, and we are still on our way to, uh to to Knights Tower Hill to meet our contact Lady Brissiena. All right, All right. Uh, bu, 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 how are we doing this morning? Uh, we're we're doing. We're do- sure. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I started. I
1: started choking a little bit on a piece of biscuit. Um, so that's how I'm doing,
0: personally. A piece a uh, piece of biscuit. A piece like of a biscuit, like a like stone. A, oh, okay, okay. It's like 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 a like an American like a good old fashioned American breakfast biscuit or like a, it, it's a like, cookie. <laughs> it's a raisin.
1: It's a raisin scone that my okay. mom gave to me, and it's very I didn't, good. I um, don't know we call scones biscuits. Interesting. Well, I I don't know. My <laughs> my nana was like I think she's British, so like we always would call them. I don't know what what do we call them. Um, I was, she, I was she would use the scones. British term for it, but I think, which I think is scone, because biscuits for them are like cookies.
0: See, if I were to describe a, uh, like a, a scone <clears throat> is a kind of blank, I would say um, breakfast pastry. I guess sure. I don't know. Anyway. Sure. Uh, this morning, like, I've been drinking a, a variety of different uh, sh- sugar-free energy drinks lately because I'm trying to actually get away from Red Bull because I realized that a small can of Red Bull has uh, 27 grams of sugar in it, and, like, that's probably not good for me to consume on, like, a daily basis. Did you not uh, realize
1: that before?
0: No, I did before. I just, oh. I am I'm opening my mind to, uh, to other alternatives, and they don't taste, mm-hmm. like significantly worse but i'm going i'm on my the i have gone through like ghosts i've gone through ba- uh one or two bangs yeah. but uh now i have uh which are sugar-free alternatives but i ha- I still have one can of red bull left over and that's the only one i have left so now nice. we're going we're going for the last the the watermelon variety last last one i have that's gross but mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a, a, a lot of the other varieties I've had have been watermelon too. That's, my, why so is that so far, your my, go-to flavor? So far, my favorite of ghost flavor is Warheads Sour Warheads Watermelon. Ew. Which, to be fair, tastes more like a watermelon jelly rancher than a. Than I'm not. I'm not Warhead. gonna lie. That sounds bad. It sounds <laughs> bad and icky. And I like it. I like okay. it a lot. Good for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, love, I love my morning watermelon-infused <clears throat> caffeine drink. <laughs> watermelon
1: carbonation. I don't know. I'm not a big watermelon person.
0: It's like, it's never, it's Honestly, never
1: my go-to flavor.
0: Watermelon flavor in candy or uh, energy drinks, apparently, D- does not really taste like a watermelon. I don't no, like watermelon. The fruit near so much as I like the flavor of the candy.
1: I don't like either. I'm not. I'm not a fan of either. I can't do melons. It's like a. It's a textural thing. See, that's how I feel about bananas. So yeah, I don't. Me- I don't. I don't do a lot of fruit. I especially don't do fruit when it's been like cut up and mixed together with a different kind of fruit by someone else.
0: Mm-hmm. You. You he- heard it here f- first, everybody. Jude hates fruits. Anyway. Yeah. Um, mm. Hmm. The, the... <laughs> Lateral minority violence. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, what are you drinking this morning? I
1: I have coffee with um, some caramel macchiato, coffee mate creamer. Okay, oh, I'm, I'm out of coffee actually. I
0: just picked <gasps> up my mug to have another sip, and it's empty. <laughs> ah, yeah, I oh. did. I did. We are a bit late today. Most, it's entirely my fault though. Um, anyways, okay, so um, I think that's it. That's it for pleasantries and. Such. So yeah, now I, it's down.
1: Now it's down to business. Now.
0: It's that, down yes. To b- brass yes the very, very serious business. Uh, this week I go first, and this week I'm talking about fried cheese, the phenomenon. <laughs> 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 um, <but laughs> I realized, because I, I went to go and was like, you know what, I'm going to talk about that I've been, like, obsessed with lately is mozzarella sticks. I mean, obsessed with always, oh but more so than usual. But then I went in and I realized that um, the, United, the Italian-American uh, cuisine is not the uh, one and only uh, example of cheese dipped and battered and fried. No, despite everyone the fact... loves fried cheese. Yeah, yes, but, like, Americans didn't invent it until, like, the 60s. So, yeah. like... So I'm like, okay, okay.
1: No, but it, like, it,
0: okay, I'll let you do your thing. I have thoughts already. It has existed for, it has existed for a while, but Mm -hmm. mozzarella, mozzarella being, like, a particular kind of cheese from southern Italy, which uh, comes from the, uh, it's a diminutive form of mazzare, which means to cut. So, because, due to the, like, it's, it's related to the production of the cheese you have to like pull strands away and cut it away and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and so um i often i'm often uh roasted by people in my life who are liking my bland cheeses because i like mozzarella i like colby jack i like mild cheddar (laughs) i like cheeses Mm -hmm. that don't imp. i mean i enjoy i enjoy a stinky cheese every once in a while but but my favorite cheeses are ones that are like you, you're barely aware that it's there, <laughs> almost mm-hmm. as far as flavor goes. You have to put a lot there to have it have a distinctive flavor. Hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so I went, I went, and I looked into it and um let's see fr- uh the, the the history part of the wikipedia page says that fried cheese was a popular dish in Cairo in the middle ages and remained there uh, remained a part of the cuisine under ottoman rule since then its popularity has decreased and that's the end of the history tab on wikipedia so i think it could use some i don't think there's any like fried cheese historians like really going at it on on our favorite uh website <laughs> Um but no like there's a uh, but more more importantly, it does go into some detail on like just the variety of different uh ethnic and regional styles of making fried cheese. they're all European, which is not surprising um European or like American, which is you know a subset of European so more more or less um let's see'cause uh going from they there's uh the hispanic variety queso frito uh it has many variations all across uh, Latin America both in north uh, central mostly in central and southern America but also in uh, Me- Mexico queso frito da, 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 it consists of a white salty cheese with a high melting point so like well, they call it uh, queso de freer fr- uh frying cheese so uh, or you're using just like queso fresco just like the stuff that like you know the the mm-hmm. the, the kind of it's kind of Marcus. crumbly, mild, yeah. mm-hmm. white cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they just sort of do this, do much the same thing that we do with it. it, it except for, here's the thing, uh, mozzarella sticks are, are unique in the fact that they're the only ones that really have that sort of shape going for them. The sort of, like, elongated, like, mm-hmm. t- fish, fish stick finger-looking sort of ordeal. The, the phallic shape. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um... The rest of them are in like squares or triangles, or in the case of cheese curds, they're just little nuggets.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've I've had
1: fried cheese curds before. Yeah, and I've, they are uh, very good.
0: <laughs> it can be quite good. It depends on it depends on the cheese used. Because if the cheese is too melty, it just sort of like it leaves like an air pocket within the within Mm -hmm. the shell and so you bite into it and then it's you get like the top half is mostly air and the second half is runny cheese that then runs out of the curd Uh, it's but but this (laughs) is this is a very
1: like hot topic in canada because we have poutine here right which is like yes are you going to talk about poutine uh i guess we are now um like (laughs) I, i have i just i have thoughts because in like in quebec when it where it originates it's like fries with cheese curds and with gravy and the cheese curds are like a very specific type of mozzarella that has a really high melting point so they don't melt super fast and it's like you're meant to enjoy the texture of the curd with Mm -hmm. the fry and the gravy but in other places they use like shredded cheese and you get a lot of like really hot opinions about whether you should use shredded which usually like melts more or Mm -hmm. use cheese curds which doesn't melt as much and there, you know, people will throw around insults and whatnot. But in, I think the biggest insult is people who put uh, ketchup on their poutine. <laughs> um, and I and I stand by that. That's the only wrong way to eat poutine. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. just it's fries and gravy and cheese, and it's yes. so good. And I, but no, oh.
0: I I do prefer, I do prefer uh, like uh, all of these cheeses that are uh, that are fried. Do, uh, typically, if they're any good, have a high melting point, much like cheese mm-hmm. curds, because otherwise the cheese becomes a goopy mess inside of the batter. And if the batter holds together, then the che- then the cheese falls apart once you bite into it. If the batter doesn't hold together, then the whole thing becomes a mess. So, do you know what the measure <clears throat> of a good cheese curd is? Uh, whether or not it squeaks against your teeth when you bite into it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that you knew that. Congrats. Yay! Honorary I culture- Canadian I- card. I am, <clears throat> uh, cultured. <laughs> okay. It's a, that's a cheese joke. I anyway, got it. Uh, got it. <laughs> um, okay. And then another variety is, uh, it's, it's the Swiss, Swiss fried cheese is called Malakoff and it is put into these, uh, little balls and it apparently was invented by Swiss mercenaries during the siege of Sevastopol in, in Crimea in the, 18, like in a, the 1800s. Sounds like a wizard name. <laughs> Malikoff? Sevastopol, oh Melakoff. No. Yeah it, it does sound it <laughs> does a sound wizard like it uh, I don't it doesn't have like an etymology on it, but apparently it is found in western Switzerland and more specifically in the villages villages of and I'm sorry to any Swiss viewers Asens, Bagnens, Bersens, Lewins, and Vinzel on the shores of Lake Geneva. Is that one whole town name? No, it's five. Five oh, those different are five villages. Five different okay. So apparently if you want this kind of fried cheese, you have to go to one of these five villages in western Switzerland. We have to go there. Yeah, the balls are they're quite large. They're like the size of a, of a burrata. They're like um like, oh. like the size of a of like a small tennis ball. <laughs> so that's, like that's a lot of cheese. Anyway. That's a lot uh, of cheese. Mm <laughs> hmm. Uh, I don't. It doesn't tell me what kind of cheese it is made out of. Mm. It's not like, because like it's covered in batter. I can't even tell you what color the cheese is. So you know. Um, but the batter itself is a quite. It's quite uh, golden brown. So it's not. It doesn't look like panko. It looks it's definitely some sort of thing going on. But yeah. Also okay. And there's uh, the Greek the Greek variety Saganaki, which apparently must be prepared in a small copper pan. And it looks a lot, and it's in like a small square, it's like a square cake. It's like the dishes are named for the frying pan in which they're prepared. A saganaki, which is the diminutive of sagani, which is the frying pan with two handles. So it's like a small, it's, it is a small frying pan that has a little two handles. It's just a small one. It's just a small one. <laughs> and the cheese used is usually graviera, mmm, kefalo gra- uh, kef- kefalo, kefalotiri. Or sheep's milk feta. Hmm. Um, and I recognize one of those, halloumi. Halloumi I've tried relatively recently as a grilling cheese. It is a cheese with such a low melting point that you can actually just grill it and it won't melt. And it's a, it's a solid brick of cheese that you just eat. And it is honestly very tasty. It's really <laughs> it's good. A, it's a good. It's a good like meat replacement in a, a vegetarian dish. It's very nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. In many United States and Canadian restaurants, uh, so like the Greek restaurants in which these things are served, after being fried, it is flambéed at the table, and the flames then usually extinguished with a squeeze of fresh lemon juice. This is called Flaming Sagnaki, sakenaki, <laughs> and apparently originated in 1968 at the Parthenon Restaurant in Chicago's Greek town based on the suggestion of a customer. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah. hmm Um yeah i'm curious to try that though i don't like i've not i've had i guess it would be pretty similar to just regular grilled grilled halomi but i've never tried any of those other cheeses um so curious to try it um there's one for egypt but the at the end it says citation needed on wikipedia so we're gonna move on um (laughs) in a czech in uh czech and slovak uh populations. They have a thing called uh, smazni sir or viprajni sir, which is uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it's just literally fried cheese um, that is prepared by being dredged in flour placed in egg wash and then coated with breadcrumbs which is basically exactly what we do with mozzarella after which it is deep fried. It is common street food in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Um, it, do- it doesn't tell me what cheese. it is uh, Here on Wikipedia, let me go to the uh, the source. Street food around the world and second. Oh, this is a whole book. Never mind. All right. <laughs> um, and then in in uh, in the Netherlands we have a, cake souffle, which I'm um, pretty sure just means cheesecake? cheese cake. Hmm. Cheese souffle. Uh, it's a deep fried Dutch fast food snack of cheese in a bread wrap. way um, I am looking at a picture of a smasjenisir, and it's like in triangles, and the breading is quite interesting. It's very like flaky and greasy looking, as opposed to like the usual sort of like breadcrumb ordeal that you usually see. So I don't know. So, uh... I guess the the, the variety of breadcrumbs they use is like different from panko and such like that. Anyway, Um. also in Hungary... Fried cheese is a common cheap dish served in restaurants or at home, usually made from Trappista cheese. And a uh, little fun little, little fun fact on the side, I've learned that Trappista accounts for seventy percent of all cheese consumed in Hungary. <laughs> I've never even else. heard of it before. Yep. It's apparently it's a it's a it's a local cheese. Trepista is a traditional semi-hard cow's milk cheese made in France, Belgium, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Hungary. It was created by the Trappist monks of Portus Salut Abbey in France. In France, Port du Salut. Salut, it's French. So. Okay. Salud, so it's a f- So it's a so it's a French cheese that just really caught on in Hungary. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh. 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 It's based on a secret recipe, but produced on an industrial scale. <clears throat> but no, seventy percent of the cheese in tripe- uh, in, consumed in Hungary is that cheese. It's a poor man's. Basically, it's it's a uh, what's traditionally used for is for a, just a meat replacement because, like, hey, if you have, you have it handy in case you have a vegetarian over it or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh uh. And the common name for the dish itself is a rantot sacht. Or saist. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to speak Bulgarian. So, which uh, fried cheese or deep fried cheese? There you go. And it's usually served in a squ- served in a square or triangle shape. Most of these uh, v- uh, regional European variants are just served in squares or triangles, as opposed to any like it's just, it's just like you eat it like a, like it's a whole cake. It's usually a much bigger deal than an individual mozzarella stick. And then, finally, we have Romania and Bulgaria. They have a very similar dish to the Czechs and Slovaks. they co- um called a ces kvalpana. Uh It's a general term for t- yellow cheeses in the two countries, with the ones most commonly used being idam or gouda. It's literally translated as breaded yellow cheese. Nice. Which it's is simple so it's about, and to the point. Yes. much. Yeah, people don't get too crazy with the naming conventions of fried cheese. They just call it fried cheese. Mm-hmm. Mozzarella sticks is, pr- like, the Greek, the Greek one, Saganaki, which names it after the pan you fry it in, is probably the most, like, ooh, look at that. Yeah. Although, Mal and Malakoff, like. That's my favorite. Wahaha! <laughs> <I think laughs> so it is I, Malakoff! I like that you pointed it out. It's, is, a <laughs> <laughs> it's a wizard name. It's a wizard name. I'm going to name my next D&D character <laughs> 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 Malakoff the Great. Mm-hmm. Of the uh, due to the high oil content and the like, the the process of which frying cheese, which adds advanced lipid end products and dicarbonyls to advanced glycation end products. That's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, it, it adds a lot of fat content, and usually the cheeses are quite salty, so they've been described as unhealthy. These most of these dishes. Shocking. In fact, in fact, in Brazil. The chronic consumption of fried cheeses has been demonstrated to be one of the dietary risk factors associated with oral cancer and incident rates. I didn't know oral cancer was a thing. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. like, it seems like it seems like you can get cancer in anything in your body, but like, oral okay. cancer—that sounds like that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. All right. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, so there you go. That's a a bunch of different grilled uh, fried cheeses that uh, I just went... Like fried cheese curds and mozzarella sticks are like the most uh, uh, ambiguous, ubiquitous. There we go. Mm -hmm. Ubiquitous in the United States. Um, But it's nice to know that there's a bunch of other Europeans that also... European varieties that... Use their own cheeses or use their own breading techniques and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've especially I especially want to uh now try the the uh, saganaki because it's like oh wait that's made with halomi. I love halomi. Yeah. We love a salty cheese. Yeah. I love I love salty cheese. I've mm-hmm. had um
1: tacos with like fried cheese and I think it's one of the mm. types of queso that you mentioned and it's like
0: so good. Mm-hmm, mm hmm. But yeah, uh, I think the first time I've had a, f- uh, i have had i all th- aside from mozzarella sticks. Oh, I guess I sh- should give my take on mozzarella mozzarella sticks. Yeah, um, you can find like like you can find them at a number of sort of like like smaller joints because they're relatively easy to make and produce. Uh, but if we're talking about like broader for, like f- chains that do mozzarella sticks. Um, my fa- personal favorite is Sonic, which I don't think you have up in Canada. No. Uh, Sonic is a drive, a drive-in restaurant where, uh, they don't all have a drive through though some do now, where you basically, you, you drive into a stall and you order through an electronic, through a, an electronic menu that you, that is at each stall, and then mm-hmm. they bring the food to you where you sit, uh, in your car. And, um, their mozzarella sticks are very, very good. Uh, <laughs> um... They have like the perfect grease to cheese ratio, <laughs> in my opinion. Nice. Um, other other uh, widespread chains that offer mozzarella sticks, um, Arby's. Arby's is all right. Um, I don't think we have uh, Arby's in Canada anymore. Or really? At least not in Winnipeg. Hmm. Um, somewhat recent. I don't know how recent this was, but Burger King also offers mozzarella sticks, and they're actually mm-hmm. bad. I actually won't eat them. They're not good. <laughs> they're kind of the only one of the only like fast
1: food places that's open until like the wee hours of the morning here though that has them so if you want mozzarella sticks and it's like midnight I got not get I I don't, I don't
0: know what Burger King offers that other restaurants don't, aside from just a subpar experience. But you can I'm get t- those at any kind of restaurant. I so. mean I mean I'm talking about here, right? Like
1: what right, our, right, right. we don't have Sonic and we don't have Arby's and we don't have Do you have, you have
0: McDonald's? Like, McDonald's doesn't have mozzarella sticks. They may as well, okay. Well, I'm um, okay. Well, we're just, we're we're outside the the purvey of mozzarella sticks at this point. Now we're oh, just talking okay. about if I to...
1: want like if I want just fast food, like I'll do mm-hmm. McDonald's usually. Like that's my yeah e- yeah exactly. I'm talking but... about where to get mozzarella sticks though, because sometimes uh... I get hit with a very
0: specific craving. And also that's the topic that you picked. I'm riffing with you. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I was just more like generally, what does McDonald's what, oh. like? Why would you ever choose? Uh, a Burger King when you have McDonald's. Literally the mozzarella sticks, that's the only reason. And it's not that good of a reason. So where would you go for for mozzarella sticks?
1: Uh, I mean, like, if I'm talking about, like, late late night, Burger King's the only option. But if, like, other restaurants are still open, um, I don't know, there's a a few places that have decent mozzarella sticks, like Smitty's and... I don't know, I'm mostly thinking about Smitty's, because they, if I'm ordering from them, they have mozzarella sticks they have fried pickles they have wings um they do like a wing night that's really good but i think they might be a regional chain um also like they now i'm also thinking about fried pickles which is a whole <laughs> that's a whole other fish like that's a whole yeah pickles aren't even a cheese Pickles aren't a cheese, but, like, the combination of, like, if you get an order of fried mozzarella sticks and f- fried pickles,
0: it's like, that's a good day. Oh, Hooters. Hooters has good mozzarella sticks. Oh, we have Hooters down here, but I, I don't partake because I'm not straight. So. Well, I have ordered from Hooters <laughs> on DoorDash because their food is decent you know what? and that, they that's sell fair. beer. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, like, you don't have to, like, there's no shame in ordering food out from Hooters because then it's, like, no one... Th- at that point, they know you're not going to Hooters I don't have, for, like...
1: I don't have shame <laughs> in going to Hooters for mm-hmm. the staff, okay? I mm. I respect them. I have a friend of mine who did... I have a few people that I know who've applied to work there and a couple that I think did. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's, it's a wait job just like the rest of them, but there's no... There's kind of no pretenses about why... Some people are there. But also, yeah, their food is like, it's decently priced, and it tastes pretty good. We um, could do a whole
0: episode on Hooters, honestly. Because there's a lot to talk about with Hooters. There's a lot to talk Hooters, about so. with Hooters, but I don't think it's any
1: more <laughs> demoralizing than when I worked at the Spaghetti Factory, and I had guys staring at my
0: ass when they thought I was a woman. Mm, yeah. I don't, I don't know, this, but does this, the this, this, this Spaghetti Factory actively encourage that environment? <laughs> uh... You know, in the cut of the women's shirts that we had to wear. That's fair. Okay.
1: And oh. I definitely did invest in some push-up bras for that job because I was like, well, I would love to get tipped. And I did. And I was Lovely. 18.
0: <laughs> what, what a world we live in. What a world we live in. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's it for uh, my topic. So. <laughs> I kind of derailed uh, so your thing. We, t- we were talking about mozzarella sticks and then we somehow we ended up talking about... oh. Uh, I guess I should also talk about. Um, I think I'll bet like restaurants like Applebee's and TGI Fridays also have oh, yeah. mozzarella sticks, but like those are like sit-down dining restaurants, and those are kind of all around the same level of quality, and they're still, mm-hmm. they're quite good. Uh, I've gotten I've ordered mozzarella sticks, um, and sometimes have them come out as triangles, like little small triangles. So That's like, what well, these we aren't, had. At the old well, these are sticks, actually. but you know these are still good. But like you know these aren't sticks. They're not <laughs> oh. the same. I guess fried mozzarella just doesn't quite like
1: mm-hmm.
0: people would be like, "Oh, what's that?" And they might think it's something different than what it, than mozzarella sticks. When it's just a, a mozzarella stick by any other name. Yeah. Um, With so it's like, you know what? Is sweet. Like I don't think anyone's uh, like, can you can you imagine being the kind of person that would be like, um, excuse me, waiter, um, <laughs> these aren't sticks. <laughs> I um. I had to explain when we introduced them to
1: like to the menu when I worked at the old Spaghetti Factory. Like, people mm-hmm. were like, what's a mozza triangle? And I was like, it's like a mozzarella stick, but it's a triangle. And like, oh, they were like, so oh, I'm not going to
0: get that. <laughs> oh. Okay, so they were so they were curious when it was a triangle, but then when you told them it's fried, they're like, oh. Well, no, I think it was <laughs> more like,
1: why wouldn't I just order mozzarella sticks? But Did you, you could, also have mozzarella sticks no, on the No, we only menu? had the triangles. So it was like, as soon as you put them into triangle form, people weren't as interested.
0: All right, I got, got attacked by a spriggin while I was adjusting my oh, headphones. No, well, don't, well, don't be doing that now. Okay, uh, all right, but
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I I don't find the triangles as good, and I feel like it has something to do with like the the surface distribution
0: of the mm-hmm. shape. And there's the definitely way it a lot more the melt, the overall mm-hmm. melting, mm-hmm. the consistency. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a lot more gooey center to a uh, to a triangle as opposed to a stick. Do you remember the first place you ever had a mozzarella stick? Sonic.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mine was Montana's, which is actually a restaurant I should have mentioned because they also they have really good mozzarella sticks.
0: I didn't know Hannah was in the was in the okay. restaurant yeah, business. Yeah. I hope she's doing well wherever she is. Montana's um, is I mean, Miley Cyrus <laughs> is doing fine. Um, no, I'm talking about Hannah Montana. That's oh, nice.
1: she uh, <laughs> died and was replaced by a clone. All right. (laughs) I'm subtly referencing the Avril Lavigne conspiracy, but no, Um, Montana's is basically. I think it's only a Canadian chain where it's kind of just role playing being a. Oh my god! Sorry, Navi just tried to jump onto my computer.
0: Wow! Wow!
1: Uh, It's like peppermint
0: fell on my face this morning. So, (laughs) uh,
1: but no, Montana's is like, um, RPing being a a, an American family in Montana's and there's like a bunch of weird kind of memorabilia and they have like barbecue food
0: it's so strange to me because I don't feel like the cultural distinction between American and Canadian is that steep it's really not which is why it's kind of (laughs) weird
1: but all the all the servers were like plaid and jeans and it's but it's kind of a I don't know what to compare it to it it is like a a sit-in like sort of like it's where we would go for birthday dinners because they would make you put on a helmet with horns on it and you would have to stand on your chair while they sing a birthday song at you
0: okay that sounds like my personal hell but you know
1: um <laughs> there are several pictures of me and my sister and <clears throat> one of my moms with the with the moose hat on um the other mom would not partake hmm yeah
0: yeah, all right. So that's it for my topic. Um, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back with a whatever, probably messed up movie that Jude has for next okay. for the next half. <laughs> okay. Well, that's very presumptuous. It is a little bit, but you know, uh, it'll be funny <laughs> if I'm right. So I'm, I'm I'm hedging my bets. All right, let's go to the break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh right, right. Sorry, we have a we have we want to start a thing. Like, we're going to take a little dirt nap. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're going to sleep here on the ground. We're going to take a nap right here. Right here. <laughs> oh. And we're back. We're back. There are enemies nearby. Oh, no. We, we woke up from our nap and there's something attacking oh, us. Oh, wow. It's an orc. It's an orc. I Quick save real quick. Good. One of those guys. Mm-hmm. This is before orcs were a playable race in uh, the Elder Scrolls, and they were just a generic bad guy number, whatever. Yeah. Um, All right, let's try. Let's let's try napping again. <gasps> oh, there's more enemies. Oh, it's a werewolf. Oh, we no. can't fight that. Oh no. <laughs> we, this is the part where we run. <laughs> I okay, was the so.
1: implication that I only talk about messed up horror movies.
0: <laughs> so so, so uh, what are we talking about today, Jude?
1: We're gonna talk about.
0: Uh, <laughs> we are gonna talk about a messed up horror movie. Well, and look at that. Of- oh, <laughs> I had no. I had no former knowledge. I had no idea what he was gonna talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, I did, but not Listen. because he told me. <laughs> Listen.
1: <laughs> I wa- so. The other day, I watched for the first time um, "Invasion of the Body Snatchers" 1978. Ooh, a classic! Uh, it it is a. Cl- have you seen it? No, but I've heard of it. Like you, yeah, I, By that, reputation. Yes, so it's it's one of those movies that like everyone has, even if they haven't seen the movie, they've heard like references to it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what's the reference that you think of?
0: Um, I think it was referenced in uh, "Where's God When I'm Scared"? The Veggie Tales, the first Veggie Tales episode. You think of Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yeah, like, the, I think they make... They, like, it's like Invasion of the Cow Snatchers or something oh like my that. god. Well,
1: that's... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. They like...
0: The, it was in it an Veggie Tales episode. Yeah. And I do not fully recall which one. And, like, they obviously don't go into detail. But, more like, they just... They just re- they reference it, and yep. that's all I know. And then okay. it's like, oh, it's about aliens that steal bodies. And, yep. like, put brains in them or something. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I never watched it, because I was a child. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's not quite the plot, but okay.
1: Uh, but, the, no, like, the um like terms like pod people or a pod person um that originates from invasion of the body snatchers or oh, that's technically what we are actually
0: cuz we're doing a podcast
1: all right okay it's, it's my it's my turn it's my turn to talk you sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so it's it's based off of a a science fiction novel by American writer Jack Finney um called the body snatchers and it's it's had it's had a few adaptations and like i said like even though this novel was met with some uh critical critique like some critiques um of it being kind of derivative and not really making sense and being kind of goofy um it it had a really big kind of cultural impact and i also like like i said i don't think it really um started this this genre of um you know either aliens replacing everyone or like the the concept of um assimilation into a parasitic organism like there there's a long kind of history of those themes um but some of the the language and the tropes in in the novel and then Uh, in the subsequent film adaptations, just really have stuck with us as a society. Like, the term pod person, which Mm -hmm. refers to someone who's acting, like, just not quite right, uh, not quite, like, quote-unquote normal, um, Mm -hmm. or being, like, being kind of robotic and and weird. Um, And that kind of comes from... So so the plot of the novel, for those who don't know, is uh, about a... Uh, a town where all of the residents are slowly being replaced by these aliens that come down in pods and um, basically uh, duplicate the the people um, perfectly with their with their memories and their exact bodies and scars and like all of that um, and then the original, is never seen from again like they just straight up disappear and okay. the pod person is almost exactly them except can't express any emotions and apparently in the novel um only only live five years and cannot sexually reproduce so consequently if unstopped they will quickly turn earth into a dead planet and move on to the next world um so that's interesting and fun hmm. um and yeah so that's kind of the basic plot and this is something that in in the film adaptation was like yeah you know, i i thought that i kind of i knew what i was getting into because i've seen <laughs> i listen i've seen the faculty which is also like it's basically an adaptation of this same story except it takes place at a high school and like uh Elijah Wood is there? Oh, nice. As a as a child, I assume. I mean, no, he's like a teenager. Oh well. Okay, so a child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I've seen I've seen the faculty and I've seen the thing, um, which is a John Carpenter film, and it came out after Invasion of the Body Snatch. I feel like I've probably talked about it on this podcast before.
0: We've mentioned the thing
1: at least once or twice. We've mentioned the thing. This is also me talking about the thing. Um mm-hmm. this is me talking about um horror media with um body duplication and or assimilation into collective entities. That's kind of a long-winded way of saying it, but right. Yeah, cuz this is like one of my one of my favorite genres. Like the thing is one of my favorite movies and Invasion of the Body Snatchers might be one of my new favorite movies cuz like the practical mm-hmm. effects really very cool. The pacing is really cool. There's an insane scene with a dog with a man's face, and I almost shit myself. Like I'll bleep that out, but like it scared, <laughs> it scared the bejesus out of me. Oh no! Is the thing, the bud Jesus, the bud Jesus. <laughs> um, genuinely like one of the more unsettling films I've watched so far in in this uh-huh. in this lifetime of mine. Um, and the ending, like, you kind of know that it's coming, but it just absolutely messes you up. Um, it's very, very well done, and it kind of, it, it got me thinking as, as I do, when I think about the thing, and I think about, like, where this media kind of comes from. Like, where, where does this kind of fear that we we humans have of being replaced because they both films and both um, books that they're based on deal with themes of paranoia and distrust and like um, also also some very gay subtext about you know men having to open up to each other and be vulnerable to show that they're they are who they say that they are mm-hmm.
0: um, Wait, and, like actually legit like pretty much oh wait wait wait! oh, oh, like oh they are who they say they are as a part, as opposed to is like oh. not an alien as opposed not like i'm actually gay let's no, know but, like, not the, an alien, but that's not an alien. the that's
1: that's <laughs> one of the the parallels and the things right so like yeah, sure. this idea that in, in order to show that they are themselves and they're not an imitation um they they have to be able to open up emotionally and reveal Intimate details about themselves, and mm-hmm. that scares men because masculinity oh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't allow for that. And that's that's part of the the tension in the film The Thing, um, because it's it's all it's all men at this Antarctic all men, re- all guys at this Antarctic research station, one of whom is uh Kurt Russell, who cool boy he is so, the other another is, is David. So beautiful they're so beautiful <laughs> they're such beautiful men um and it's it's a very macho kind of film but you know it it kind of makes me think of how when people talk about um oh god what's what's that book where all lord of the flies people mm-hmm. are like if there was an all-female lord of the flies they would literally just set up camp, and they would be fine until help came along because it's like well, I well don't know well. if that's true, but it's it's the way that Lord of the Flies was originally written to be a critique on toxic masculinity and to show mm-hmm. that um societies that are all men or all patriarchal cannot survive and cannot thrive um because privileged white terrible boys who are who are raised by terrible privileged white men um, can only kind of breed violence and destruction and I think mm-hmm. that's that's one of the themes in The Thing and in Invasion of the Body Snatchers which, you know, I think there are some readings that you can do about like, maybe the, the paranoia or the, because the alien is obviously a metaphor, right? It's, it's a, sure. they're a metaphor for something because, um, like, the surface level is like, oh, yeah, it would be really scary if you were in a place and there was an alien and the alien was infecting people. Like, that's the one level of fear. But the other level okay. of fear is... Oh, we're, we're talking about the thing
0: now. So I'm talking okay. about
1: both both of the ideas, right? Because they're, okay, they're sure. both dealing with aliens that either, you know, infect the people around you and eventually duplicate them. Or mm-hmm. you know, just duplicate full out them. Replace them. All, or, yeah, full out replace them and act different. But you're you're the only one who who notices and who really knows. And then every time you try and explain it to someone, they just gaslight you because
0: yeah,
1: well because in part you know they they don't believe you, they don't want to believe you, or they're also in on it and they've already been replaced. So it's this it's this big paranoia thing in, in both ways and on one, in the case of The Thing, it's I think a very like intimate kind of you know, these are these are men that you've been trapped with for nine months and there's no sign of being rescued anytime soon um, and in the other case it's it's on this much larger scale of like you know, I don't think that, you know, this this person isn't who they used to be and no one believes me and no one's listening to me Mm-hmm. um so i think that's they're they're both metaphors for for similar things right and i'm like maybe it's about maybe it is about gayness but maybe it's about mccarthyism and like the red <laughs> scare because in the 70s and 80s there was a lot of there was a lot of communists kinda... or aliens <laughs> Basically, <laughs> basically, a lot of sci- science fiction takes inspiration, like, it, it all takes inspiration from real-world events and mm-hmm. from this fear of, I think, being, like, fear fears of being replaced or fears of being the non-dominant species anymore. And so then mm-hmm. you look at the deeper roots to that and you look at, for example, H.P. Lovecraft, who... I'm not, this is not a glowing
0: thing that I'm not about to say some,
1: you know, yay Lovecraft, but John Carpenter cites Lovecraft as one of, one of his inspirations, um, for storytelling. Lovecraft.
0: Lovecraft, more like
1: hatecraft. Thank you.
0: Um,
1: because these, these themes are also apparent in, in his work, and in his exploration of eldritch monstrosities, and things that we can't understand, but being, like, Gaslit by a society uh, To believe that You know we're the only one seeing That something is wrong But for him that fear came From this um, You know a white supremacist Place (laughs) a place of Mm -hmm. Not wanting to be replaced By the people of color Specifically the black people Mm -hmm. Who existed Around him and he was like An absolutely insane Terrible human being um but i think that like the concepts of eldritch horror that are then explored in like science fiction pulps that came out around around the same time as when lovecraft was writing his stuff and like um kind of the the ripples that have been made from like the the 20s 30s and 40s up until now um
0: you know they're oh you're being attacked by two bears. Like, two bears. I've been walking so... Like, the thing is, the bears keep pace with me. Nice. <laughs> so, like... I, I, unless unless I run, but uh, I may consider running. I did quick saves just now, so I should be fine. Okay. Okay, That's cool. very funny. Um, Alright. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's... a, It's... They're about that, like... That... That paranoia. I don't know. I've just... I've been thinking about it a whole lot right now, and also thinking about the current the current state of of the world and Mm -hmm. where that paranoia lies now and it lies I think for a lot of us with you know uh, (laughs) vaccination statuses Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. political opinions because anyone can kind of you know that's that's the wonderful thing about freedom of speech and you know the internet and stuff is people can ha- people are free to out themselves <laughs> yeah they can well you can have whatever views you want and you can have independent thoughts and stuff but it also means you might rub elbows with someone very very different from you and not and not mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. know it
0: um and that can be kind of kind of scary i recall um like a million years ago when i was in college and there was there there was a the remember the, the protest I think it was in Charlo- in Charlotte. No, it was in Charlottesville, in Virginia. Uh the protest that a is bunch that North of North Carolina? No, that's Virginia. I um I think. It was either Charlotte it was Charlotte, North Carolina or Charlottesville, Virginia. I I believe it is Virginia. Mm. But don't quote me. But like but the chance that all the polo wearing tiki torch wielding uh alt right people were saying was Jews will not replace us. Mm-hmm. So, like whenever I think fear of being replaced, I'm like, oh, okay, so yeah. paranoia, p- paranoia, yeah, <laughs> is sort of like breeds this sort of yeah, uh, consp- like conspiracy sort of way mm. of thinking, uh, which is often when it is, especially when it is unwarranted, which is you know usually in, yeah. a- as we are learning, um, mm-hmm. not it, it can be quite harmful to people, yeah. 'Cause it's it's
1: like what is I don't know, it's it's a it's a very interesting kind of theory, um, because it's like what is what is kind of the worst thing that could happen? And so with John Carpenter's the thing, um, they kind of they they put the alien into a a place of mutually assured destruction where, you know, all the guys at the research station are are going to die and they've cut off all forms of like being being reached or being rescued and they're like we're going to blow up this place and we're all going to die and we're taking the creature with it so that it can't get to the rest of the world um and it's like what is the what is the risk of it getting to the rest of the world um but it never it never really push it like that's not what that story is about whereas invasion of the body snatchers is like you know when it when it affects the entire population what is that what does that look like who who are we then what do we what do we become um, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the movie obviously um, mm-hmm. but I do want to show this film to you at some point because I think you might actually really enjoy it um, mm-hmm. but Humans lose in uh, in the film. Oh, oh, lovely. So in, in the original, um, like the Body Snatchers book, um, the the duplicates kind of like the alien duplicates kind of point out like we're not doing anything different than what humans already do to <laughs> indigenous communities. Is you go somewhere, you use up all their resources, and then uh, you, you you go off and you conquer another one. Um,
0: take what you need, take what you want, and then uh, we'll just look, kind of leave everything else to yeah sort itself out. Because in
1: in the in the context of the book, it's like they're they only live five years and they can't reproduce, so they're going to go to do everything that they can and continue to survive, and then go off to the next planet to do the same thing and duplicate whatever organisms are there. Um, and I the novel actually ends with the aliens leaving because they just... They, they gather it's it's not worth... It's not worth the fight that the the main characters are kind of putting them through, and they're like, all right, all right, we'll just... We'll move on. Um, in the book... In the film, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the, the creatures win. The main characters all get taken over in, in some way or another, and what happens at the end is the... Um, the aliens have assimilated and adapted into the existing society of humans. Like, they didn't, like... They haven't... It's it's not like a zombie apocalypse thing. Like, they're, they're sentient and they're conscious. So in the events of, like, zombie films, the zombies, you know, they eat all the people, they just wander around, and then eventually they, they die. Or they just kind of keep wandering until... You know, their bodies decay into into ash, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But in this case, the, the aliens have now occupied these bodies and have all these memories and these pre-existing relationships and families and children. Like, children, animals, like, it all is getting replaced. And... They just kind of carry on with business as normal like the the aliens for for five years i i guess well that's not really a part in the movie they they don't Mm -hmm. really work that in um it's just you know the people go to work and the kids are going to school and they're all just aliens now but they've seamlessly integrated into the society that was already put here—it's just—it's a really interesting thing. I think about—you uh, know—you can read it as a statement on, like, on gentrification. Um, you can read it as a statement on on colonization. Um, I think you can also read it in in more kind of favorable ways, I guess. And and a piece of media that I think does, like, just to to tie everything back together um there's a a film and a book uh called the girl with all the gifts which is a um science fiction zombie apocalypse centered story that it takes this you know we have the the fear of the paranoia from these body snatching media um but also the zombie apocalypse media which there's a lot of kind of crossover in in ideals and in the the themes of paranoia and stuff, and you know trying to survive past the end. And the ending of that film, spoiler, like don't listen, don't listen to me talk about movies. Unless These I'm are so all well. old movies. No, well, no, The Girl with All the Gifts <laughs> came out fairly recently, but oh, the okay, well. the ending of that film is basically with this young girl who is she is a zombie but she is like a sentient person and like a new a new kind of breed of zombie with with a brain um she basically wipes out all of humanity except for like one human um person that is her her friend and who's her been her teacher um and then kind of hits a reset button on on civilization basically and starts teaching and collecting like the other kids like her to start learning how to how to exist and like rebuild society um even though they are all like a next kind of evolution and a next step of um person (laughs) and Mm -hmm. human it's i don't know it's just it's a very interesting concept i think um and when you when you read into these stories as you know the the alien or the disease as metaphors for for i don't like for disability or for queerness or for for anything like that um where where the fear of it is rooted in in a you know very racist and very like misogynistic or queer phobic places i it's just I just think it's kind of neat
0: all right. Um, um wh- how, what's sorry? We're g- we'll go back to how mozzarella sticks do this later. But okay. what are that? How many degrees of separation of Todd Howard are we talking here? <laughs> um, wow. Well, because I because I can t- I can tell you one kind of like so far it's uh, but it's it's pretty it's pretty distant. But the uh, the way I was kind of going to
1: relate it to here was in in two ways. Either one. Um, and I don't know if this is a thing, but I was thinking about just general fantasy thoughts um, the mm-hmm. concepts of like changelings in mythology and in kind of fairy um b- belief um that was something yeah. I was kind of thinking about, or else a uh, a similar a similar story within the science fiction alien invasion genre of. Like Day of the Triffids, which has really big carnivorous plants and and pods that take over the world. And then humanity has to adapt and survive in those circumstances. And I feel like there are big carnivorous plants in the Elder Scrolls games.
0: Mm. Big carnivorous plants. Not in any of the games that I have played. Uh, But uh, there might be something that's in, like, uh, the um, like the Elder Scrolls Online, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, on. what, is, what is
1: the way that you were going to relate
0: us? Uh, uh, the the Letifer orca is a tall brown carnivorous plant found in yeah. So there are in in Oblivion hell basically yes there are like carnivorous plants but the, what i was thinking of there's a particular quest uh in oblivion in the elder scrolls for oblivion uh in which case in which you're looking for a missing argonian woman who's who went to this town called hector and hector has a very um has a very sort of like everyone there hates you and their their eyes are a little weird hmm. You kind of get like uh what's what's the what's the what's the what's, what's his name what's this what's the lovecraft thing where the um where the the fish people oh um something stead right hold on the like the deep ones in mm, is that shadow over innsmouth yeah yeah it's a it's got kind of shadow over innsmouth vibes yeah The sort of idea that, like, the something that looks like us but isn't really us and is slowly becoming not us. Mm -hmm. um, That's kind of the same vibe, basically, that's going on there. There were theories that um, they did
1: that kind of specific. Like, they lit the actor's eyes slightly differently in the thing, uh, depending on Mm. if they were infected or not. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. There are theories that, um, like, when they're. Like in the final scene, like Kurt Russell, when he's breathing, um, like there's like fog coming out of his mouth because it's so cold. And the, oh God, what's his name? Like the child's, the, the character, um, he doesn't have that coming out of his mouth at the end. Um, but the John Carpenter is said, like, oh no, that was an issue with production. I know who was infected or not at the end, but you never will. It's like, thank you, John. <laughs> They, lo- lovely. That's very, cool. <laughs> that's very cool that that is like a thing because I feel like that might <laughs> might be okay. That might be a, a <laughs> reference to this kind of media as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, as for um... mozzarella sticks. As for mozzarella sticks and uh, fried cheeses in general, uh, th- there are cheeses quite frequently in uh, Elder Scrolls games. I'm not seeing if there's any variety of fried cheese. Hmm. Um, m- m- oh, hang on. Hunding cheese fries. Yes. I found them. What? <laughs> Where? <laughs> They're in a, they are in um They are... A weaker version is recipe. Various locations mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently in the Elder Scrolls online. They are named after the the a city in Hammerfell, which is where the Red Guards uh, live. Um, called Port Hunding. Mm. And Hunding being a, a deity character. But yeah, no, it looks like yeah, they look like mozzarella sticks. That's yep. very funny. So Elder Scrolls Online, there's mozzarella sticks. Ta-da. Ta-da! They also have a uh, necrom beetle cheese poutine. Okay.
1: <laughs> what? Okay. There being poutine in the Elder Scrolls implies that there's Quebec in the Elder Scrolls, and that's something I can't cope with emotionally.
0: Yeah, that, Quebec is probably just Vardenfell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, does, does, does Quebec have a volcano anywhere? Uh, no. Okay, so maybe not. Probably um, not. There is a, there's ca- a mountain. <laughs> in in any case, you can make it from at game, potato, and cheese. Like, hunt meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Hang on, where is where is that thing? The crumb beetle cheese poutine. You can make it at level 40. <laughs> it's a ragout dish. What the hell is a ragout? What's ragout? Now we're looking into this. <laughs> Mm -hmm. ragout oh sorry ragu
1: did
0: you sorry Uh, you mispronounced ragu as ragout it's r-a-g-o-u-t that's how it's spelled a highly seasoned dish of meat cut into small pieces and steamed vegetables oh okay oh my god so that's what ragu r-a-g-u the fucking oh bleep me i guess yeah um that's what the 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 pasta sauce is named after i guess i guess there's not that much meat in rank. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. <laughs> um it's been a it's been a a pleasure to have you with us on our journey. Yeah. Uh um let's see. We have made it to where we made it to. The village of Gairsmith Manor. We're not that far away from uh Knight's Tower Hill we will certainly make it there uh next stream. Um and then we'll get to meet our contact and then head back to our quest giver. Nice. And then turn in our quest saying, hey, yep, we uh, we killed that person for you. And he'll be like, nice. And he'll probably give me money or an item that's worth money when sold or something like that. Well, that's fun. And then we can continue on and try and join the Thieves Guild. Because I think I've pickpocketed close to enough, if not enough, people to get that letter inviting me into the Thieves Guild. Mm-hmm. Uh bu- 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 see thank you all for listening and watching it's been a pleasure having you uh if you want to watch us live we stream every morning every thursday morning on twitch t v slash lack days kill that's that's me <laughs> um and you can uh follow uh jude on his socials on tiktok at uh, mi- uh miss uh, mm-hmm, at misgender and on instagram at at missgender underscore w p g good job you did it. Yes, got it. he does most. He does dra- uh, on on TikTok. He does slice of the life of Jude, yeah. uh, and on Instagram, he usually just he usually does his drag and makeup looks, and he is very good at okay. it. Okay, well, <laughs> flattery will get you
1: everywhere. Yeah, um, uh-huh. sure, sure. Yeah, no, the TikTok is so- sometimes I'm filming cops, and sometimes I'm filming cats, and sometimes nice. I'm filming stuff about harm reduction.
0: And sometimes you are putting those little, like, which one are you rotating on your forehead uh, TikTok filters? Yeah, listen, it's nice. And they told you that your, like, your, like, rapper name is Lil Meat or something like that. Okay, we don't need to talk about Lil Meat. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't talk about him while he's not here. Um. (laughs) Anyways. Oh, yes. (laughs) Thank you all again. And uh, I hope you have safe travels. May the road rise up to meet you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>